Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So Ephesians uh, 2, 8, 9 says this, For by grace... Are you saved through faith and not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What is grace? The Eastern Bible Dictionary says that grace is favor, kindness, and friendship. Webster's Dictionary defines it as this. Appropriately, the free, unmerited favor of God, faithful influence of God, the spirit, in renewing the heart and restraining from sin. God's grace restrains us from sin. It doesn't enable us to sin and then go to God and say, please forgive me. Grace is not a permission to do whatever you want to do in moderation. That's a Catholicism. Come on, somebody. Catholicism says you can do anything you want to do in moderation. No, that is not true. God's grace restrains you from sin. Renewing the heart and restraining from sin. A state of reconciliation to God. Reconciling us through Jesus Christ. Favor, goodwill, kindness, disposition to oblige another. Watch this. Without grace, salvation is not possible. But because of God's grace, salvation has become available to all those who choose Jesus to be their Savior. Like the verse I said. For by grace are you saved. Now watch this. When he says not of works, we don't do religious works. Religion is man's vain attempt to reach God through works. If I'm just good enough, if I just do these things, if I do that thing, I'll be pleasing to God, and then everything will be okay, and he'll love me because I'm doing it. That's, not, that's religion. But it doesn't excuse us from the works of the recreation of our spirit man by Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you'll know them by their works. You don't have to do religious works for salvation. God's grace, His unmerited favor, provides salvation by simply asking Jesus into your heart. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus with thy mouth, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. In John 3, 17, it says, God did not send His Son to condemn the world. He sent His Son to save it. Thank God. Number two, God's grace is his unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Grace does not excuse us from doing the works of a changed life. Grace provides his strength in our weakness, provides his ability in our inability. God's grace enables us to overcome circumstances, overcome sin, to walk in his blessings, to walk in healing, to walk in prosperity, to actually do the works that Jesus did on the earth. Jude 17 and 18 says, Even so say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In John 14, 12, Jesus said, The works that I do, you will do also. So you have to understand that grace separates religious works, which every other religion in the world, to the works that are produced from a changed life. Amen. 
In Romans 5, 5, it says, For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. If you have a problem loving people because people are just imperfect and they do what they do, they can offend you, they can hurt you, but the love of God in you by the grace of God enables you to love the unlovely. Can you say amen? And that's the fruit of it. If you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and which you do when you get born again, and if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're at a deeper level, then therefore love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is on the inside of you. You're a spirit, man, according to Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And because of God's grace, which is actually His ability on your inability to love, because the love of God is on the inside of you, you are able to love others when they're not loving You can walk in love. You can walk in joy. You can walk in peace. You can walk in kindness. You can walk in patience. You can walk in these things. You can walk in faith because of God's grace. Remembering that God's grace is his unmerited favor. In James 2, 17 and 18, it says this, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead. So you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have a working force behind it, of a changed life, then it's just religion. That's what that is. Faith without works is religion. So you have to show forth the works of a changed life. That's what he's talking about. So separate the works of religion and the works of a changed life. He said, be ye doer of the word and not a hearer only. In John 14, 12, 13 to 14, let me read that to you again. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greatly be glorified in the Son. You shall ask anything in my name, and I will do it due to the fact of God's grace, his unmerited favor. So like I said, these thoughts that come at you, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're not making it. You're not doing it. Sometimes we think in our minds, did I get myself in this position or is Satan persecuting me or did Satan or did thoughts come into my mind? You shouldn't go to church on Sunday. You shouldn't be tithing. You shouldn't be. It's okay. You can't afford to. You can't afford that. You can't afford. Is it our own stubborn flesh, us being ruled by that instead of our recreated spirit getting ourselves into trouble and then we're blaming Satan for it? It's something to think about. Come on now. I'm sure Satan didn't possess you to sign on the dotted line of a car that you can't afford. Hello, somebody. Amen. Satan didn't possess you. I'm going to possess them. I'm going to enter them and make them sign the piece of paper. Where do warring come from? Where do desires that war within us? We want something. We desire something. We have to have something because if I have that, what will it make me feel like? I feel good. I work hard. I strive hard. I do all of this. I've done all of this. I've done all that. I deserve it. Is that not a sense of entitlement? The only thing that we're entitled to is what the blood of Jesus has purchased. Come on. Hello, somebody. And you know what? That's the blessings of heaven. Sometimes it's what we don't know that we're doing that has gotten us into trouble. Did you know that most impartations spiritually that you receive is by being in church and hearing the messages of truth? Because you will know the truth, and if you apply the truth in that which you hear, and you apply it to your life, you will come out on victory because with God you can't lose. It's impossible. It's impossible to lose with God. Impossible. 
How many times has God brought you out of something in the past? How many times has he brought you out when you applied the word of God, you looked at the circumstances differently, because sometimes it's what you can't see. And there's the force to see the victory on the other side. Or the sandy hill, the oasis is waiting for you. What is the definition of favor? According to Webster's Dictionary, favor means kind regards, kindness, calm countenance, friendly disposition, bestowed as the evidence of goodwill to support, to have a disposition to aid or to wish you success, to ease, to spare, advantage, convenience for success. That's favor. In Luke 1.30 it says this, And the angel said to her, Mary, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. In Acts 2.47 it says, Praising God, having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily such that would be saved. So grace is God's unmerited favor. It's inability. Actually say, I do all things that, oh yes you can, because I can is totally contrary to what God says that you can do. When the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, what is the Lord really meaning? We see this when the Apostle Paul was asked of the Lord to take away Satan's thorn from his side. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. He said this, And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. The thorn in his flesh was not sickness. The thorn in his flesh was not disease. The thorn in his flesh was not infirmity. The thorn in his flesh was a, message, a demon spirit sent by Satan to actually cause problems in the Apostle Paul's life due to the fact that he was getting abundant revelations of total victory in every area and Satan didn't like it. And he's like, you got to do something about this guy. He's too radical. Look how he was when we had him. We loved him when we had him. Come on, he was killing Christians. He was, come on, when, when he, when religion, he us great victory. We lost them out of our religion. Oh. Because when you read the Apostle Paul's life, two things happen. Revival or riot. Everywhere he went, revival or riot. Relief for two years and everybody's happy and listening to you or in jail in the inner prison connected to Silas. Hello, somebody. Singing praises. Everywhere he went. The Apostle Paul went to the Lord three times and asked him, could you kind of give me some relief? Watch what he says here. And least should I be exalted of a measure through the abundance of revelations that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient. Now I looked up the word grace in the Strong's Concordance, which is G5485. It says this. My, I'm going to read the verse with the, the definition of grace in this verse. My grace, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life, including gratitude, acceptable benefit, favor, pleasure, thankfulness. I totally understand what grace is. 
How many of you know Pastor Rodney, he, he's doing this 300-city tour around the world, right? He was re- recently, was he in Thailand? I think he was in Thailand or something. Is that where he got salmonella poisoning? Is that right? Okay, so if you saw the video clip after he upchucked in the plastic plant on the platform, that's what he did. He... <laughs> the Lord Jesus! <laughs> Because the only time you preach is when you're dead. You know, you know, come on, huh? the only time you don't preach is when you're dead. So I understood. And if you notice the clip, as he's walking, he waves his hand like this. And the power of God hits the crowd. And they start falling under the power by the hundreds, like a machine gun. I totally, I get you, Pastor. I totally said, we just want to say thank you, partners, for sending us to Hades. I mean, uh, Haiti. That <laughs> slipped out. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Praise God. Amen. I didn't mean to say Hades. Haiti. <laughs> thank you for sending us to Haiti. Better you than us, Pastor. No, we had seminal poison for three days. Every 15 minutes. The maids did not like coming to our hotel room because the basket was full to overflowing. Four cases of water we went through every 15 minutes. I thank God for two things. One, the Holy Ghost, and two, Imodium AD. Hallelujah. Because sometimes you've got to turn the faucet off. Hallelujah. I understand why people die. It's not because of the bacteria. It's dehydration. All the minerals, all whatever you need is flushed totally out of your body. But I remember the night that I was supposed to preach, and I got up there after praying in the Holy Ghost and taking Imodium AD because there are no porta potties in Haiti. The porta potty is the open sewer that's running out back where the women would be walking down the sidewalk and that they have to go take a squat right there. Why y'all look at me like that? You American people. I said, y'all Americans. That's what it is. You're too Americanized. Come, come with me to India on the poo-poo train to India. Praise God. Amen. What do you mean the poo-poo train to India? That's what they do. They don't, they, after the bathroom is full, they just squat in the aisle. India Airlines got tremendous amount of complaints because the Indians were squatting on the airplane in the aisle. Y'all are way too Americanized. Look at you. Y'all faces are like, rated Lord, nuh-uh. Too Americanized. Y'all are just too Americanized. No, no. God's grace is sufficient. So therefore, I preached the message. After I got done preaching the message, there must have been about 70 or 80 people that wanted to give testimony of the miracles that happened in their body. I remember they brought them up the platform. They started at one end. They went all the way down the stairs and all the way out around, around the field. All of a sudden, one of the ministers, Daniel King, says, Dr. Jack, one of our team members had a dream that happened. Laid hands on another person, nothing happened. Third person, they fell on the floor. Fourth person, nothing happened. So I stopped. I was like, uh-oh, what's going on? Sometimes, I mean, see, a blessing, to, a blessing to somebody else, you lay hands on it. A blessing to me, as I lay hands on you, boom, you're in the floor. You're getting something. So I stopped for a brief second. So I was like, okay, let me back. So Daniel said, well, walk around that person. Go ahead. So I said, okay, Daniel. As soon as I did, I tripped over the person's feet that were on the floor. And when I tripped out of nowhere, out of heaven, 
a wind came and blew all 80 people on the floor. So much so that the, one of the other crusade evangelists was standing next to me and he said, he had enough time to say, my God, look at the river of God flow. And then it came to me. When you are weak, then I am strong. My grace is sufficient for you. Father, that's the key right there. Not to get sick. I mean, don't get sick so that the power of God will flow. Weakness. His power, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in wisdom. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, he is strong. Did you hear what he said? He said this, when I'm persecuted, when I'm weak, when I don't feel like going to church and I want to get up and I'm going to go to church, when I feel like I'm sick and I can't go to the healing meeting, Pastor, I can't come to the healing meeting tonight. I'm too sick. How, 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 did you not hear the testimony of Dita? She was in pain all day long. She could have stayed in bed, took popped ibuprofen or whatever, but she said, you know what? I'm going to church. And when she walked in the door, the healing began. Just walking in the door. That's my most favorite. My most favorite is when somebody walks into the building and then they get healed, then they can't say, oh, you did. And I certainly would never say I did. Walked into this sanctuary, sat in the front row. I had a crooked back. I had a crooked letter. I had a humpback, humpback, crooked letter, crooked letter. And no more humpback, humpback, no more crooked letter, crooked letter. Where are you from, Mississippi? Okay, praise God, amen. No, no, that's my most favorite. My most favorite is when God, and it has not yet happened in here. It's not because I don't believe. I, want, I can't wait till the day when the Holy Ghost, we're all like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and you're not even expecting it. And then the wind of God comes, boom, and blows you all out on the floor. And then while you're on the floor, you're like, hey, what, 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 what just happened? What just happened to me? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stopping it. I'm sorry. I'm not a controlling pastor. Contrary to popular belief, and no, we're not a cult. Sorry. And it's okay to be that church where people are happy. It's okay. Praise God. It's okay to be that church where people are healed. It's okay to be that church where you roll on the floor. It's okay to be that. But if you want to give a definition of a cult, I guess we fit it. <laughs> Praise God. As a Christian, you fit it. You're, a, you're the cult of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I freely admit that. Because yeah, all by definition, it would be, we would be a cult. Followers of Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, amen. Not Jeffrey Dahmer, praise God. Yeah. Can the grace of God increase on your life? Absolutely. We're almost done. Thank you for your patience. Can the grace of God increase on your life? Absolutely. James 4, 5, and 7 says this, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. These two principles right here gives you increased God's unmerited favor and 
the devil flees as you resist. What is that? The two principles, humility and submission. Humility, four, six, uh, six and seven. But he giveth more grace. Watch this. More favor, more kindness. Come on, hello. What's the definition? Let me read to you again. What's the definition of grace? Unmerited love, favor of God, favorable influence of God, divine influence, influence of the Spirit in renewing the heart, restraining from sin, a state of reconciliation, favor, goodwill, kindness. So that increases with two things, one, humility, and two, submission. So therefore, when we don't submit, does the grace of God lessen or does it increase? Probably could lessen. Could lessen. If we don't walk in humility and we walk in pride, does that stop the unmerited favor of God? Absolutely. Sure does. Lack of pride. When we think that we are better than others, too, we're too good for we're just too good for them. We're just too good to go on the poopoo train in India. We're just too good. We're just too good to go soul winning. We're just too we you know it's, it's, it's like the one lady many years ago in a revival service. She walks up to me and she says, Dr. Jack, she says, listen, listen, I feel called to the ministry. I feel like I'm gonna do some great things for the kingdom of God. What do you think I should do? You know, maybe that's the reason why not a whole lot of people ever ask our advice because we're always taken back to the word. We're just always taken back to the word. So she says to me, what do you think I should do? And I said, well, are you attending a church anywhere? She said, no, I haven't been able to really. I've just been going from church to church to church. Oh, okay. So have you ever attended a church? Yeah, well, you know, I got kind of hurt in that church. And so I just haven't found the place. I haven't found the perfect place. So I said to her, well, the very fact that you show up at a church means it's imperfect because you're imperfect, praise God, because there is no place called there. Because if you think you ever found the place called there, then you're always looking for the place called there because there is no such place as there. So you got to land. you got to have a pastor because it takes humility to actually have a Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Like the one lady said to okay, then you just nullified the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of the apostle, the gift of the prophet, the gift of the evangelist, and the gift of the pastor, and the gift of the teacher. Don't tell me that Jesus is your only pastor. Sorry, it's not biblical. Hello, come on, hello, somebody. So she says to me, the lady standing in line, well, I just, you know, I said, she said, well, how do I get started? I said, well, number one, you need to submit to a pastor and have a church. She said, oh, okay. I said, number two, you need to get involved with the ministry there. What do you mean? I said, you need to get involved with the ministry of service. You need to live pure and holy. You need to be faithful with another so that God can make you ruler over much. I said, you got to be, this is what she said, well, you know, I'm just beyond that. I said, what do you mean beyond that? She said, I think God's got something greater for me. I said, ma'am, with all due respect, Love you, but the Bible says the mind she's thinking, oh, I'm just great. I, oh my gosh, I was broken of that many years ago. Because I thought if I could get around the who's who in the charismatic zoo, then they would recognize they would recognize the anointing of God on my life, and then they'd promote me to all their friends and their pastor friends and everything. I had a very rude awakening. I discovered something. Ain't nobody concerned about your ministry. 
Okay, I'll just say, I sat with Joyce. We've sat with Joyce Meyer. We've sat with Mike Murdoch. We've sat with John Evanzini. We sat with, oh, man, so many others. All of them. Kenneth Copeland and Gloria Copeland sat with them. In the back room, eating with them. And when you're in the back room eating with them, you don't say much. You know I have a doctorate in theology. It took me eight years to get that. <laughs> the Apostle Paul had 16 years of Judaism doctrine, and you know what he said his diploma was like? <laughs> he says it's all done. Dad and Sherry sat in the back with them. That's the reason why God's honest truth. I like flying under the radar. I don't want to be on TBN. I've been on TBN. Don't want to be on TBN. I've been, I've been on CNN. You know, I've been on them. They interview with my, my, my books. LaCie Broadcasting interviewed my books, Revival the Last Call and Flowing in the Anointing. I don't want to be. Why don't you want to be on TV? Don't you want people to know about your ministry? No. Why? Less devils. Less devils. I want to fly under the radar. I want to go in, set off a Holy Ghost time bomb in Satan's camp, and then go home. Covertly. Fly under the radar, man. Listen, I didn't get a chance to go into the military. Dad went, and if you guys went in the military, thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. I wish I would have went in the military. Listen, I would be a kind of guy. I'm serious. I'd be an MI6 kind of thing, flying under the radar. I like Jehovah Sneaky. I just like him. I just, I just go in, you take care of business, right? And you do your job, and then you get out. Amen. I like doing that. So God's like, okay, great. But you, the coolest thing is this. We get to be a part of a lot of firsts. We were part of the first One Nation One Day, 2013, where 2,500, a lot of people, even patent, a lot of ministers have never heard this. We went, we had 2,500 missionaries. We rented two 747 jumbo jets. We took 2,500 people. We landed in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. We had 25 to 30 Greyhound buses load up the entire team. We distribute them throughout the entire nation of Honduras. Hello. It affected President Lobo Sosa, who was the president at the time, all the way down to the janitor in every school. That team went, they went into, we did 19 major crusades and President Lobo Sosa all the way down to the janitor and 1.6 million people heard the gospel in nine days. That was the first, that, that's never, not even the, the days of Jesus that didn't happen. Not even the days of the book of Acts has that ever been heard of. That would just show you the immobilization of the body of Christ. If we could all just work together. And then we were a part of the One Nation One Day in the country of Belize. Belize only has 360,000 people in that country. We had six crusade evangelists, and we had teams, and we launched them all out. 
So actually, you see, when I make the statement that the great harvest of souls has now started, I'm coming from that point of view, folks. I'm coming from, I'm not saying, I'm not wishing, I'm not saying, when I say something, it's true. Because of where I'm coming from. The truth is from where I'm coming from, not something new. Now whole nations are being affected. God is sending out missionaries. He's sending out crusade evangelists. He's sending people on the mission field. And not only that, ministries are starting. I'm partnering with Todd DeLay, Family Harvest Church in Seminole, Texas. I'm partnering with Daniel, Daniel King out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Crusade evangelists. And we're pulling our resources together and partnering together to go and affect a town, a small village of 4,500 people. And you're a part of it. That's the cool thing. You're, there'll be people that walk up to you and say, uh, thank, thank, I know you couldn't make it, but so thank, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm here because of your sacrifice and your financial sacrifice and your service. I'd say we do it. All right, I'm almost done. Bear with me in just a few more minutes. We'll let the Presbyterians and the Baptists and the Episcopalians get out of the restaurants, and then we'll overtake them. Trough first. Praise God. Proverbs 22.4 says this, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. What is submission? Very simple. What is submission? The action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. You cannot go wrong. Listen to me. You cannot go wrong submitting yourself to a pastor as long as that pastor's heart is right and he has no hidden motive and he wants you to succeed. There's no control issues, there's no manipulation issues. You can submit yourself. I sub- submitted myself to Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. He is my pastor. Plus, I have nine board members on my board, my ministry board. I submit to all of them. They speak into my life. They don't control me. They don't manipulate me. They let me do, even though they may say, they let me do. I'm on the board of Gary DeLay and, and Jan DeLay Ministries, which is Pastor Todd and Daphne DeLay's parents. They call me all the time. We're getting ready to build a building. Can we send you the place to go? Then go ahead and go with what you feel on your heart. Hello. As long as it's not immoral, unethical, and a lack of character, follow the Holy Ghost. Follow the Holy Ghost. But let me just say this from this angle that you might not be saying, but then you make the call. You know what, Pastor Marie and I are to your life? We're a sounding board of what God is already speaking to you about. That's all it is. We're a sounding board. When we were at Ramah, Pastor Hagen became my pastor. We were called into the office for some particular reason. We began to share with the dean of students. Da, 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 da. He said, oh, okay. He said, I see that. I see that. I see that. He said, you know what I am for your life? I said, what? He said, I'm a sounding board of what you already know you need to do in the Holy Ghost. I said, Amen. I'll share this one story, and then we'll finish. I promise. This is my fifth closing. Now, if I, I'll share one more story. I was invited to be a part of a team that would have been a nation-shaking team. For some particular reason, I had an uneasiness in my spirit, man. 
So I called my pastor with, I've been asked to do this, I'm just not sure, and things like that, and pastor, pastor, don't you understand, we're going to go shake nations, I'm going to be a part of this group, and we're going to, we've already done one situation, but this is another group with another situation. He said, I warn you, don't go do it. You know what I said? When he said that, I didn't go, pastor, but you don't understand. I said, yes, sir. I didn't need an explanation. I just said, yes, sir. Why would you do that? Because maybe he knows something that I don't know, and he doesn't want to tell me something about these people that I don't know, so he's not talking behind their backs and being held accountable to God. He just said, don't do it. Most amazing thing. I obeyed. I didn't question. I said, yes, sir. Called the person on the phone and said, hey, listen, thanks for the invite and all that kind of stuff, but I just feel, you know, maybe we're just kind of going to go a different direction. I didn't even slam him. I didn't say It blew up. I called Pastor Rodney. Pastor, I just want to tell you I love you. Thank you so much. I honor you, sir. I'm sending you an offering. Uh, you, I guess you got the first part, but you didn't get the second part. Praise God. Amen. I called him the other day. I said, I'm up in... I used to up my PV point value, but now I'm up, <laughs> I'm up on my TG. Praise God. Amen. Ties of offerings, giving, tithing, giving. Hello, I'm up on my TG. TG. Yeah, so I upped it. I called him on the phone. Pastor, I'm upping it. His response, praying hands, which means thank you. Well, hopefully you'll get set free sometime today. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> you know, for whom the Son is set free, is free indeed. Can you say amen? All right, come on. Stand to your feet if you would, please. I know it's an awful lot, but that's okay. Get the podcast and listen to it over and over and over and over and over. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed if you would, please. If you're in this place this morning, the message is to help you get to the other side. That's what you for the grace of God, God's unmerited favors upon your life. If you're here this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you say, well, Dr. Jack, you know what? I do need to make some changes. I do need to, I, I do, need to do these things in my life. I just, I've always wondered why, why am I not succeeding? Why am I not getting over the hump? Why am I not doing that? And you say, Dr. Jack, this morning, you know what? I, just, I, just gonna, I need to make these adjustments. And I need God's grace to help me make these adjustments. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to just go pray a general prayer here in a minute. But if you fall into that category about, yeah, I, I, I've been stubborn. I've been doing things my own way. I haven't been doing what I know to do is right and things like that. And now I realize that God's favor, God's grace is sufficient for me. That I can do these things. I can be obedient. I can be a Christian and obedient to the word of God. If that's you and you're like, you know, I've, I've let this slip. I've let that slip. But I'm going to make the adjustment. If that's you, you're going to make the adjustment. Will you slip your hand up real quickly? I'm making the adjustments. Amen. Making the adjustments. Amen. I'm making the adjustments. You can put your hand back down. Making the adjustments. I want you to really think hard. Because I can, I can lift my hand. Just help me with, with that. So I'm going to ask that one more time. If you're here this morning and there's some things that the Lord has been talking to you about but you haven't really submitted to that, you haven't really done it, and you're going to make those adjustments, you're going to make these changes, could you slip your hand up real quickly? Can I see it? 
Thank you. Thank you. Now, being a little bit more honest, I guess maybe you needed more clarity in what I was asking. Hallelujah. Well, God's grace is sufficient. And then just start doing it. Just be obedient because that's what pleases him. Faith pleases him. So, Father, I just thank you right now. You saw each and every one of our hands are the areas that we need to make an adjustment. So, Lord, I thank you that your grace will help us in those areas. So, Father, we're just going to be obedient to what you've already been speaking to our hearts about. We're no longer going to be resistant to the changes that you've added in our lives. Your people. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've made. Thank you for your word and thank you for your spirit. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.